Good afternoon, ladies and germs. How are we today? <laughs> we are doing good Damn, here. I cannot hear you. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. I can hear you. Good. I can hear you now, too. I, you cut out okay, for a good. minute. I don't know. Yeah, I think I know it's... I did for some reason. Okay. I thought it was my... I thought it was on me. No. And I have an echo. That's okay. I'll deal with it. Well, Betty loves today's soundtrack, so... Music That's makes good. everything better. That's true. So true. I have nothing to drink and I'm dying. My tongue's on the ground. Oh, Hello, no. everybody. <laughs> Hello, I see Karen just joined us. Hello, KK. And Kenzie's so here with her coffee and Betty's dodging the rain. Um, uh -huh. We had a little bit of raindrops today, but not too much. I was actually attending a funeral, so... And I bought a car. I know. <laughs> Tell us about this car. Very excited to hear that. I bought a 2018 Kia Soul. Nice. And it's silver, black interior. Uh, it's got 40,000 miles on it. <laughs> oh, that's and good. Cause I, yeah, because I, I bought it through uh, uh, Enterprise Car mm -hmm. Sales. So, yeah, so it's very cool. Wonderful. I am finally mobile on my own again. <laughs> I, I aspire to be that way. Pam, uh, Betty wishes you congratulations and says she needs to send Snarky your way with some drinks. Yes, please. And Karen please. can't hear anything, so she's going to log out. Oh, no. And come back in. Come on back. It happens. It does happen. Yes. And thank you, Betty. Uh, the funeral was for a dear friend of ours, father, who passed. Um, sadly, uh, it was, you may, well, you're in the Northeast, so you definitely see the ads for mesothelioma. Um, mm -hmm. It's an asbestos-related cancer. And unfortunately, our friend's dad had worked as an electrician for many years and inhaled a lot of asbestos and contracted this and had a very, very um, rough illness and passed away to last week. So it was an absolutely beautiful funeral service. Um, they were, it's a Lutheran service and there was just beautiful remembrances. He was a really lovely, um, very kind man. Um, his children eulogized him beautifully. Um, we spent a lot of time with his family and our, my husband and um, I during our early years of the marriage, um, cause he's one of my husband's best friend's fathers. So it was, a it was just a beautiful remembrance of a really lovely person. So it was everything a funeral should be. Um, and then some. So we dodged a few raindrops at the grave site, but it, it actually held off. It didn't really rain and, at all. And really until we were leaving um, the repass, there was a little bit of rain. So yeah, thank you, Betty. Um, we uh, will definitely be keeping them in our thoughts and prayers. And uh, thanks, KK. Um, it was, like I said, it was really a really moving, a very emotional and a moving day and just good. I actually, um, I, although it's hard to see people in pain and sad and in loss, it's such a beautiful way to remember people. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, I often find funerals very um, uplifting overall. Um, cause I, I also have a strong faith that we will all reunite later at another point in time. And they can also be somewhat comical. Very lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I've been to a couple where all you've done was laugh through the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, 
There were some, I mean, we were laughing in the church. There was a great story of his son, actually my husband's friend. I will, I will share this because this is, it, it is that funny. They were on a high school trip and as he put it, the hormones were running high. He said, if you get my meaning, you know, he was being very respectful, but it was funny. And they had the boys on the fifth floor and the girls were staying on the fourth floor. And the boys, uh, our friend and his group of friends had this great idea that they were going to go down to the fourth floor. So what they decided, MacGyver style, was to tie bed sheets together and have our friend, who happens to be probably the smaller, shorter of the, the group, um, you know, climb down the bed sheets from the fifth floor balcony into the fourth floor balcony. (laughs) And they successfully maneuvered this. And he was about to open the, the door, the sliding door from the balcony. And he hears this voice that he recognizes saying, what the hell do you think you're doing? (laughs) And yes, his father caught him uh, red handed because his father was chaperoning at the time. And he said, you're not going in there. And he said, okay, I'll go upstairs. And he said, you're going to go up the way you came, (laughs) the way you came down. (laughs) And the whole church was laughing because it was, you can just visualize these high school kids, you know, thinking they're going to be so clever um, sneaking around. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great time to have, um, you know, really good memories. And uh, as as Betty says, a life well lived only needs to be lived once. Exactly. And she's also been to some funerals and it was a different experience. Trust me, Betty. Um, Yeah. Overall, of the funerals I've attended, there have been very, it's been very positive. But I have, I've been to some uh, that had airing of dirty laundry and family secrets (laughs) and some, some real drama as well. So... Ugh. We had, I had my, uh, my, when my aunt passed away, mm-hmm. uh, and her, uh, her son's best friend, and her son had passed away about 13 years before she did. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Joey was, we're all in the living room talking about in case life, that this was after the funeral, and, you know, how wonderful it was, and with all the stories and laughing. And he says, I will never forget um, a party here at the house. And it was, we were all stuck at the house because it was a blizzard and they, they couldn't get through on the roads. So my aunt set everybody up. The boys were on the first floor and the girls were up on the second floor. And the, my cousin had a big bedroom up there. And uh, so... Joey decides he's running out and climbing um, the snowbank against the side of the house Mm -hmm. to get into the bedroom where the girls are. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Because his girlfriend was there. Yeah, so we we had a lot of laughs with that. (laughs) I love it. Well, and it was hysterical. And I see SC Martin's joining us. So, hello. Hi, SC Martin. We were just chatting a little bit. I attended a funeral and uh, we were talking about how that it can often be a very um, positive and uplifting experience or just pure fun when you recount some of the stories of the loved ones. Um, so, even in times of sorrow, it can be, um, you know, also a, a positive experience. And KK said she had a priest friend. Um, in full Italian, say things in full Italian, but when he would do the prayer service, he'd start the rosary, and then this Irish accent came out of nowhere, which I can imagine would have been hilarious. And Kenzie says that she wishes she could find funerals to be that way, but she seems to feel everything too deeply. Kenzie, I I, I know for me, I, I had a real turning point, um, very ter- personal turning point, um, and my first major major loss. I kind of. And we lost you a little bit. I or how it worked. Oh, you did. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I can hear you now. So essentially, okay. So essentially, I I I understand what you're saying, Kenzie. Um, 
and I, I think things evolve as you grow and get older. Um, everybody can approach things differently. So um, I know Karen was sharing a story about her uncle's funeral. It was the first time we heard this in a, uh, about the, uh, the Irish accent coming out. She said they were laughing so hard they were crying. And Betty says her big brother already said he'll play the Batman theme song during her funeral just to get on her nerves one more time. He knows I love Superman, not Batman. That's funny. And you know he'll do it too, Betty. Yes. My mother, for her recession, uh, she, she planned her funeral mm -hmm. a long time ago. Yes. Frank Sinatra's yes. my way. I love it. Of she course. I love it. Well, and, and uh, in this instance, our, our friend's father was involved in his plan as well mm -hmm. because he was dealing with an illness that um, did not have a good outcome. So it was just all in all a very moving experience. And mm -hmm. speaking of moving experiences, you like how I segued to that? We're going to soon be moved. Soon we're going to be moved by seeing Gabriel on the screen. Yes. Tell us I about am the so announcement. I'm so excited about I, that. I know. Having the script announced last week was huge. Amazing. I'm very excited. It was incredible that it, they, that it happened. Mm -hmm. It really is. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, the uh, Mary, and I'm sorry, I can't pronounce her name. Uh, I think it's pork with something or other. Um, she is the screen screenplay, screen author. She is also Canadian from Toronto. Uh, she has done a few things on the screen before. So it's all going to be very exciting. Mm -hmm. So, Annie. I know. It's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And obviously we all are awaiting Gabriel's promise. That's mm -hmm. due out in January. January, January 7th. Yes, yes. And I'm seeing in the chat room, uh, Kenzie had said her dad and grandmother passed away to, within two months of each other. It was extremely difficult. Emotions were all over the place. And I seemed to isolate myself. And that's not unusual, Kenzie. Um, there's a lot of different ways people grieve and, you know, seeking uh, comfort in memories and sharing experiences can help sometimes. Sometimes you just need to be quiet so everyone can find their own way. Um, but, but just know you're not alone in that. I mean, this is right. all part of the life cycle. Um, and. Nobody grieves the same way as anybody else. Exactly. And don't let anybody ever tell you. That's right. Come on, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that just doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Um, so. And I know uh, SC um, asked if there's any news on casting yet, and that's a big no. Although big no. I'm curious, no. SC, do you have any, uh, any choices, any favorites? any favorites for Gabriel? I know uh, there's a couple floating around that people like. They were very clear. There's no David Gandy happening. There's no Henry Cavill happening. Um, but there's so many good things. Yeah, and I know that there have been a couple of actors who've actually contacted us through Twitter, uh, through the Man in the Black Suit feed, and I think an, an, another, I don't know whether it was the Florentine feed, or, or the man in the black suit feed mm -hmm. um, that somebody responded to. But those actors were Daniel D. Tommaso and Jesse Metcalf. Yes, um, both excellent choices in my opinion. You know, but I don't know what, what their outcome was. I responded to their tweets by saying to speak with their rep. I told them uh, about when filming was going to be happening. That, uh, that it was being done through uh, Passion Flex with Tosca uh, Musk and, uh, you know, and about when it was going to be happening. Right. I, you know, I really didn't have any information. And 
I know that Jesse Metcalf thanked me, thanked, thanked me very much. And Daniel D. Tommaso uh, said, said, I think I must read the books. Yes. And we said, yes, you must so, read the books. <laughs> so I just, what I did was I took a screenshot of the tweet and I forwarded it to Nina SR and also Tuska. I posted it on the, uh, the Passion Flicks members page, mm -hmm. found it, found her members page. And she, she liked it and she's like, oh, good choice. But, um, I haven't, you know, so I, other than that, I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. Karen is saying Daniel's good. Yeah, he, Daniel is good. He's, he, yeah, Gandhi he, is out, so sad. He is my ideal Gabriel. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it should be interesting. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, you know, there, I'm sure this is going to be a long process. And uh, with looking the way, at the what they did with Dirty Sexy Money and a couple of the other stuff that they've, things that they've done, they kind of announced casts um, later, more towards the filming process. And usually the, um, the, the leads are the very last ones that they uh, announce. They're teasing so. us. I, I see. You got to. That's okay, though. I know, but I mean, that's that's kind of the way Passion Flicks unrolls uh, right. things, anyway. But it, you know, Ken, see, I agree with. Yeah, you, you, the character portrays Gabriel. They have to care about the characters and make them come alive on screen. They have to have the acting right. chops, in my opinion. Um, Karen agrees that Daniel is good too. Um, SC thinks I'm sure he will pick someone perfect for the part. I agree. And yeah. I also agree that we need a Nicholas and Akasi on the screen too. Right. And Essie's noting that she so... hopes the adaptation is done well and the characters are true to the books. I feel well, very, I, I feel very consulting. strongly that's going to be the case. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think because he, um, SR was consulting with the script and, you know, I'm, I'm sure he went back and forth with that. So, we must be true to the story. Yes. And the... Uh, inter the international man of mystery. <laughs> However, I will say this. Under other films that have been adapted from books, um, whether it had been Fifty Shades or whether it was um, Discovery of Witches, the, the screenplays are never going to be identical to the book, only because of the way the characters have to speak with each other. Mm -hmm. If you had just the one main character doing everything like you do in a book, it would make a very dull screenplay. True. So they have, you know, it's developing the characters and it may change a little bit. You don't know. You That's know. true. I mean, there are things from Discovery of Witches that were in the book that are not in, in the, the series. I've, we saw that with Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Um, well, so. you can't. It's very difficult, um, especially if it's, uh, well, in Fifty Shades' case, I mean, you're, you're putting it into two hours, right? Right. And this right. will have a little more latitude because there's going to be, it's, it's not just a the series. two hours. It's going to be, be a series, and that's incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and that's my understanding anyway, right? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, and as Betty so. Betty says, and hi Delilah, um, Betty says yes, but let's hope they don't change major things in the movies. I agree. I don't think they will, though. I mean, one of the one of the reasons why they were so excited about the Passion Flicks announcement is the fact that Passion Flicks really honors. Um, the story and really, really strives to be true to the story and has the authors very involved. For those of you who saw Driven, I thought it was really, really well done in terms of being true to the book. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, you know, and as Kenzie said, she said this early on SR's Den, but looks come last for her, honestly, not to be rude at all, but I get the feeling like a lot seem to care about the looks um, the most, which is the least important, in my opinion. I, right. you know, I tend to agree with you uh, completely, Kenzie, on that point because this character is so deep 
and needs a lot of acting chops to be able to convey mm-hmm. um, that the actor needs to have acting chops on it. But I understand the visual because I think when you're reading, right, you're visualizing right. what this person would look like. And I, I do agree that Dan, uh, Dandy, David Candy did uh, had that image was uh, he was very much like what I it pictured Gabriel looking like um, mm-hmm. when I read the book. Um, Karen says she agrees, but it's developing as close as they can get without changing the story. And sometimes that can happen. That's a, it's a mm-hmm. fine line. Um, Lori agreed fun, that yeah, Driven was line. close to the book as well. Um, and Kenzie said, yes, SR has a say in everything, which gives me so much hope in everything. I hope they don't change much because those novels are perfection. I agree. It's going to be different though. You, you just have to know, yeah. you know, it, it's a different medium. So um, it's going to be just as wonderful, I'm sure. I'm very excited about seeing yeah. it. And, it and, the, and the fact that he's been in, so involved with it, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, he knows what the fans wants, want to, because he, we, you know, we all know what the story is, and some people can recite it inside and out, especially when it comes to Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I love how you mentioned Paul this time. Betty, Pam slipped it in for you. Um, I did. Karen said she's it's ec- that she thought it was excellent, and that's in t- referring to Driven, and that's why she's hopeful um, about Passion Flicks optioning the book. Um, and Betty has an interesting tale about what Perling said about the Spanish translation of Fifty Shades. Anna actually used the safe word. Ah, oh, I can see where that's that so that happen. yeah. So it's it's not just you know translate. Mm-hmm. You're cutting out a little bit. All of the books, be it Fifty Shades or be it the Gabriel series or be it uh, the Man in the Black Suit, um, you know, there's a lot of international readers uh, of these stories, and um, I know that's always a challenge to keep things very true. Yeah. So, I. I'm just very excited overall. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I know there will be more news coming soon. So we have you to eagerly pay attention. Um, I will say, um, get your passports in order, ladies. If you yes. uh, want to try and go up to Toronto or Florence, as the case may be, um, you want to your passports in order i actually you sent mine in cutting out again i had to renew mine i'm cutting out again can you hear me now oh yeah i can hear you now just often when you cut out i don't understand that it must be my i'm not moving like i'm staying still but what i said is i renewed my passport it's Mm -hmm. it's it's in process, so I can't run away to Canada right now, Pam, because I don't have a passport. I'm waiting Damn. for the renewal. And I just got the new car. I know. <laughs> don't leave without me. <laughs> Betty says Paul needs me. to be in the miniseries. He can't be cut out. I cannot imagine that book without Paul. Yeah, um, I don't think Paul will ever be cut out. No, no. Lori says he'll definitely be in it, Betty. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Betty. I'm glad you can hear uh, me now. Um, Kenzie says, I think we all love SR's novels because of who the characters are internally, not for their looks. I love Gabriel because of his character development, his love for Julia, and the fact he was the first character I read about that struggled with mental illness. Yes. I, like I said, I think they're going to do a really good job with selecting the right person. I'm very, I, I have great confidence in that. Karen says, I'm holding my breath because the Art of Driving in the Rain movie is coming out Friday, and she absolutely loved the book. Yes, I saw the promos for that. It looks wonderful. I didn't read the book, so I'll have to do that. I also want to read the book about um, Bernadette. Did you guys see the ads for that? No. That, um, I'm forgetting the full title, but it looks very good. Um, Kate Blanchett. It's Kate Blanchett's new movie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I saw that. Yeah. I did My friend that. read the book, and yeah, she said and it was really, really good. So another book, another book the, to read. Congrats. Um, 
No, my granddaughter is all full of. There's a uh, new movie based on, on this Pakistani man's life, or boy's life when he goes to England. Oh yeah. And he and it's based on Bruce Springsteen's music. Yes, I heard about this. Like Blinded by the light or something. I think it's called. So, but it but the the woman who produced it and directed it. Is the same woman who did bend it like back back on. Oh, cool! So that's going to be very cool. So, but every time we she sees the uh, preview, I get a message. <laughs> Gammy, I love it. And um, we went we went to see the Lion King, and uh, when it opened and and the preview was on, and and she's like, Gammy, look, Gammy, look. <laughs> so that'll be great. Yeah, so I, that's the one movie I am looking forward to <laughs> right at the moment. I know. Um, that could change any time. It's going to be good. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be good. Uh, Kenzie's passport's in good order, as is S.C. Martin's. And I did not send my passport back priority mail, Karen, because I already knew I wasn't going to be going anywhere, at least in, well, I'm actually going a lot of places in the next few weeks for work, but nothing international. I'll be at this time, wait, this time next week? No. Tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, I'm going to St. Louis for work. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, I have to go to Denver for work. So um, I won't be needing my passport, but I'm hoping by then I get it back. You never know with these days. I know. Passport or not. I know. I don't like so. not having one. I really don't. And and Karen said SR likes the idea, said he liked the idea for Paul's story. He did. And Betty says, I can only dream of that story. Paul's probably got many untold stories of things he's da- seeing, done, and dreams. True. And also, um, he meant, mentioned in a chat a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That um, he's working is possibly dealing with a, a sequel to the Man in the Black Suit. Ah, I would love that. I would love that. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, Kenzie mentioned about she needs to get her passport checked. Um, so do that, Kenzie. If there was something odd that they mentioned to you. Um, I do know if you had your passport done and you were under 18, it only lasts for five years, I think, or under 21. So Kenzie, you might be caught in that. My daughters are in that. That that awkward in between age. Yeah. Younger, you have to renew it sooner. So just, just check on that. So you have it. Just for, yeah. Yeah. And Betty's not going anywhere this year. She has personal things holding me down until January 2020. But you're in a well, really good place to be. Premiere. You're in a good place to be, Betty. Yes, in the premiere. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of possibilities. That's very true. Very true. So, so keep an eye out on Passion Flicks uh, and make sure you sign up on uh, SR's uh, Fox Den. And follow uh, at Gabriel on Screen on Instagram, Twitter, and in Facebook to uh, get all the updates as they come through. Yes, yes, we want to be on top of that. I'm getting very excited. It's getting, it's getting real. It is getting real. And uh, Kenzie noted she still hadn't received an email from Passion Flicks about being an extra either. She's hoping that will be soon. Yeah, they what they Kenzie what they do is, um, I know they send. I don't know whether they send it to the regular Passion Flicks account, but I know that they do it to the founding members. Um, and they give you a Google form that they want you to fill out. And it usually happens uh, around the time they start filming. Okay. And it will ask you if you want to walk on part, uh, if you're just going to visit the set, you know, that kind of stuff. So just an FYI. That would be very exciting, Mm -hmm. as KK said. And speaking of exciting, 
another transition. Yes. Chapter 50 of this extraordinary story. I can't believe we're here already at this point in the book. I know. Um, I also think, given the fact it's 535, Pam, we may want to split this chapter. (laughs) Okay. We can see. I have to run Phil out later on. We can, yeah, we can figure out where to do that. Um, Okay. But. uh, If everybody else is okay with that. Yeah. Are you guys okay if we do chapter 50 part now and part next week? Oh, and we have Annette, Annette joining us. Hello. So happy to see you. We were just about to start chapter 50. And so. as you know, at this point in the book, and Betty says yes, or Karen says yes, and Betty says it's fine with her, and Lori's okay. So I think that's we're at a majority already, right? Yeah. Kenzie says whatever works. Great. Oh, so Annette's skipping out on work a bit. Well, that's <laughs> even better. <laughs> we're talking about, uh, you know, we're at this point in the man in the black suit where it's really, really kind of desperate times for Acacia. Her father has pretty much uh, taken her, sequestered her, and has threatened her if she doesn't say where her mother is, she's pretty much gonna not make it through the night and so out of her exhaustion um she fell asleep um in part because she's broken um and had been beaten and chapter 50 starts with Acacia feeling a hand covering her mouth it's very very intense and she jerked and started punching because of course Acacia is trained um to defend herself Um, and she went right after the figure that was hanging over her. Um, the room was pitch black. There was no light coming from the courtyard and the figure battled her blows away. And he said in English, we are here to rescue you. Are you hurt? Now, I just thought the way he wrote this introductory couple paragraphs was just really, really, um, captivating, um, because it really sucked you in. And you can totally envision it, and you can almost feel the feel the adrenaline coming through the pages of this book. I mean, starting with someone having a hand grasping your mouth, you know, it was really, really yeah. well done. I, I just, I thought he he really did this scene really well. Um, and you're in the dark. Mm-hmm. Pitch black. Betty says she loved this chapter. So much drama and action. Uh, it was like watching an action film. Exactly. And which is why we always say this film should be made into, this book should be made into a film. It is brilliant, Betty. I agree. So this man finally gets through to her. Are you, we're here to rescue you. Are you hurt? She whispered back that she had a concussion and a bruised back, but she could walk. And so he lifted her to his shoulder and they started moving. She was bouncing as she jogged, as they jogged down the hall. And there were a couple of bodies in the hall that he had to work his way through. And she couldn't tell if one of them was Ibrahim. She heard a shout and the rattle of gunfire. And you just cut out a little bit. Started to run. Oh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. So did you hear that there was gunfire and they started to run? Yes. Um, it was very, very intense. And I agree with you, Annette. SR wrote it in a way that really makes you feel like you're there. Um, so you can envision them running in the pitch black, trying to get through. You could hear the sound of boots in the courtyard and on the tiles. Gunfire breached the silence and a spray of bullets flew. And she heard cries of someone hit and loud cursing in Arabic. So it was really, like I said, very captivating from the beginning. Um, so we continued and they're running through the courtyard. Fell down, which you, I mean, that ramped up the anxiety right there 
the soldier actually tried to cushion her fall. So again, he was putting himself above her and trying to protect her as much as he could. She rolled off and ducked for cover, asking if he was all right. The man swore and grabbed his thigh as blood started pouring out through his fingers. The flashlight shone in her eyes and someone grabbed her hand and pulled her to her feet. And this scene was just so intense. Like, I'm getting all worked up just just reciting it, just sharing it with you. So this man grabbed her as she was trying to get up and start to run. She realized it was one of her father's men, and she just did not hesitate. She took that spoon that was in her sleeve and jammed it into the man's neck. And he fell to the ground holding his neck. She had the element of surprise, and he did not expect that she had any kind of a weapon. So she was able to kind of shock him and and strike him in order to get away. Blood started spurting out of his hands, and she was gurgling and gasping, and she kind of stood frozen. I think she was she just couldn't believe that he was grasping her, and that just happened. As Lori says, it was intense, and Kenzie said, cringe. And the spoon, I know, it was it was just crazy. Um, Betty says she was spot, shocked a spoon would work. Um, I think if you use anything um, well enough, you can make it a weapon. Um, so he fell to his ground, the ground holding his neck, and blood was spurting out of his hands. Gir- and she, another soldier came along and grabbed her hand saying, we've got to go right now. So, Kenzie, I'm not sure where SR learned that one. Um, we'll have to see. Um, and with enough force, uh, Kenzie said, I guess you can use anything. I agree. Um, Karen said she was also really sh- shocked um, that Akasi was shocked that she took a life, which is absolutely, I think that's why she stood frozen. As they got yeah, to the exactly. truck. Acacia vomits. And again, that's another part of it. Shock. Um, One of the men gave her a cloth to wipe her mouth off. And once in the truck, she was handed a bottle of water and she was asked how she was doing. And, and this, you can just, I mean, it was such an intense, intense scene. And you can just know after she was frozen and she's coming to grips, like, She's kind of catch. She she was just reacting. She was trying to defend herself, and it just happened so quickly. And now she's kind of realizing what happens, and then she's vomiting because of it. Um, you know, as Lori says, it was self defense. Though I'd hope I'd be able to do that. I hope I never have to find out. I hope you never do either. I hope nobody, yeah. none of us, ever have to do. And Betty said she found a Valentine's Day card with two little spoons, and it definitely reminded her of Acacia. I love it. Oh, God. Um, and yes, yes, Betty. Um, hankies always make their way into the boss's stories. <laughs> Getting that hanky, giving her a cloth to wipe her mouth off. Um, Whether it be for tears or... For tears. Being on a loggia and horns. <laughs> exactly. Mm, or vomit I know Annette said her heart is racing and she has goosebumps just hearing the scene again I know right it's so intense it was intense so they're in the truck and Akasi is drinking the water and the armored vehicle just speeds off going down the road rough and tumble like you can imagine them bumping and Mm -hmm. being unstable, unstable and then someone on the front seat yelled status and the soldier replied, the raven is here, which I kind of love that, right, guys? Yeah. Calling her the raven. I just thought that was really yeah, sweet. Especially after the uh, um, the books. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Karen says, but also realize, she realized no one knows what one would do in danger or to save another. This is true, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the status, the soldier said the raven is here. She just emptied her stomach and she's covered in blood. And she noticed he had an English accent and he began ran- running his hands up her- and down her arms and legs. She was kind of trying to check her out, um, of where, you know, where she had been wounded because of all the blood. And Acacia told them. <laughs> a bandage on her head and the facial bruising. 
<laughs> and um, said that they were going to need a medic. And he said, copy that from the front seat. He sounded American, and he also seemed in charge. And yes, Betty, she just ordered a special pack of hankies with flowers embroidered on the corner. I hope she, I use them for wiping away happy tears and not vomit. We hope so, too. Hope too. <laughs> Hopefully it's happy tears when you're watching uh, the Gabriel's Inferno on Passion Flicks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I know the Raven reference reminded me of Raven and Willie too. Exactly. I that, need to reread. I, I totally need to reread that. Um, I the I have series? more. Yeah, the Florentine series, but I have so many other ones to reread. I uh, to read yet. Oh, I know the, the list gets bigger and the time gets shorter. So exactly. So, so the American sounded like he seemed to be in charge. Yeah. So as she's, you know, she'd gotten a, a bottle of water and she was drinking it down carefully and gratefully. The English soldier said uh, that the one, the soldier that had gone down, his name was Ennis. And Acacia wanted to know if, and I want, I wonder if he was drinking Guinness at the time. Anyway, Acasio <laughs> wanted to know. Should we ask SR that? Was, that? <laughs> we should. We should. I know. Um, if if that was uh, the soldier who had helped her out, and he said yes, she wanted to know. Uh, he told her that they find out how he was doing in a minute. Uh, but the tone was kind of grim, and she was kind of upset about that. Mm. The, officer, the officer also told her that there was nothing to be sorry for. He turned in his seat and said this was his job. So the radio crackles again, and the voice is coming back saying, Innes needs a medic. And they were taking him back to the base. And the other officer says, copy that. And he, he turns and asks the driver and location out of range. And the response was yes. Mm. So they said, go get him. And Ranger 1 to S1, we're out of range, go get him. Yeah, and there was a course. lot of military speak. It was very, very interesting. Um, yeah. on, I asked SR questions. I got my questions to him very late. So I haven't gotten response back yet. I mean, very late, like early this morning, like 1230, <laughs> quarter of one this morning. So... Um, hopefully we'll get some answers, but I, I was intrigued by what inspired, you know, if there was any inspiration mm -hmm. for this kind of scene or how this um, came about, um, you know, because the way he wrote it was just really compelling. Um, and Betty mm -hmm. says, without a doubt, this is part of Nicholas's team, um, mm -hmm. just the way it was written. And Karen, I'm jealous that she just reread the Florentine series. Um, I'll have to do that. So, you know, they're, they're saying, and, and you hear, copy that, Ranger 1 came, came over the link. The accent was Middle Eastern, and Acacia couldn't place it. And then she asked if there was a NATO base nearby. And the officer responded, negative, and good luck from S1. So she asked who they were, and he told them that they were private contractors. And she then recognized the man's accent as being Israeli. And then she asked him if he was Mossad. And he told her that he was ex-Mossad. So Acacia proceeded to tell him about what her father had said about uh, Nicholas. Right, right. And, you know. Isn't it once, that, a, once a, a secret agent, though, always a secret agent, secret service? I'm just wondering. Like, isn't it um, once Mossad, uh, always Mossad? I haven't talked to my my friend Joe lately. Uh-huh. Once Joe CIA. The secret, <laughs> no, he was head of the Secret Service. He was That's on, right. Um, Obama's detail, mm -hmm. and he became head after a while. And as soon as Trump came into office, he said bye. Yeah. Anyway, um, he so she, she told the officer that her father thought she was Mossad. And the officer said that uh, if that were the case, they would have tortured her and then put her out to bid. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I really kind of wonder what that was all about. She's gone into slave labor or whatever. So um, uh, she also spoke Arabic with him. Which I thought was really cool. Um, I'm just laughing because Betty said, Pam, is that another chapter for your book? He was actually my high school class. Mm-hmm. He was uh, class of 73, Archbishop John Carroll High School, Radnor, Pennsylvania. There you go, Betty. I think that's a yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he uh, went to the military academy, left early, uh, did some military, I think he was in the military reserve for a while. He went to Villanova, graduated from Villanova, and was became a teacher. He wow. was teaching English, I believe. And then he had put in an application for the Secret Service and was very right. So he was in the he was in the Secret Service Gary. for oh god, twenty five years, I think. Wow. Yeah. That's a career. And as Karen that says, you career. always have your clearances and can get pulled back in. That's very true. Well that that's with Joe because he 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 had left at one point and became head of security for Comcast. Mm -hmm. The Comcast headquarters is here in Philadelphia. And then there was the big um, uh, problem that the Secret Service had in Colombia. Right. South America. And they called him in to come take over. So mm. and, that was just. And I, I mean, that's it's incredible. Um, and, and Betty said, and Karen agreed, that Roberts and Dean did a superb. He did. He did an excellent job on that. I really, really, really uh, captured yeah. the intensity um, and really kind of did make your pulse race mm -hmm. when you're listening to this. And this would be a good scene on film. Yes. <laughs> it <laughs> would. So um, they've decided they've, they're speaking uh, Arabic back and forth to each other, mm -hmm. the uh, Israeli and Acacia. And uh, she said she thought she killed a man. And he, he, his eyes turned to her and said, better him than you. Uh, and she said she was trying to get away. And he explained to her that it was self-defense. You do what you have to do to get away. Exactly. I mean, that's, and that's what we were discussing earlier in the, you know, when we were referring to her kind of being in that shocked situation. You know, with with her training she had in the martial arts um, and the fact that she's been on guard for days um, expecting that she might need to do something to escape. So she's kind of been primed and ready. Um, and the fact that, you know, people were shooting at her, the person who was trying to rescue her got shot and was going down. And then one of her father's men's grabbed men grabbed her. I, absolutely, it was self defense, and you know, well, most definitely, it's it's most really, definitely. yeah, it, you know, it's it's, and I I worry that Acacia, who is so tender hearted that she doesn't well, want she, you know she doesn't want yeah. to have done that. Nobody well, wants to kill a person though. She's having a trouble. She's having trouble trying to formulate all this stuff. So she, you know, so she's sitting there and she's taking a drink of water, and she just really she doesn't understand everything that's happening. Right. And she hasn't had time to process it. No, she hasn't. She's had, she's looking in her mind's eye, seeing the man with the spoon hanging out of his neck. Right. And the blood gushing all over the place, and then she's like, you know. Her father had caused all this. Right. And he had kidnapped her and killed Kurt. And this is what the Israeli was trying to tell her, too. You know, that, you know, if it hadn't, she hadn't been kidnapped and Kurt hadn't been killed, then, you know, none of this would have really happened. So she's like, damn his soul. Right. She's cursing him. Which, which um, really, you know, as, as Betty says in the chat room, if Akasi didn't defend herself, it would have been her lying on the floor instead. Mm -hmm. And right. 
uh, Betty said the audiobook is on sale on Google Play because Lori wants to get the audiobook. Highly recommend. This is a good one on audio. It really is. And Kenzie yes. agreed. She said the audiobook is excellent. You can't go wrong with an audiobook of SR's novels. They are incredible both on paper or listening. And I think Very that's true. also why we're so excited about it coming now into the visual medium. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Acacia is is talking with the soldier about this, and uh, you know she she didn't want the everybody in the in the Humvee listening to her. So she turned to the man and and she thanked him for rescuing her, and also said, "May peace be upon you and your your household." And quietly he responded, "Peace be upon you as well." I think that was. Um... It was just a beautiful scene. I think the fact that, you know, he was Israeli, but he also, of course, knew Arabic. And she, I think, because she was in shock and had been under so much trauma, I also think it was comforting for her to speak in her first language. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also allowed for some more privacy um, as noted, uh, you know, she's in the middle of this Humvee and, you know, I think she had this connection with this soldier or this, uh, contractor. And I see, um, now that Karen has to run and I know we're almost at six. So I am actually thinking this would be a good place for us to wind down, um, until sure. next week. Sure. Um, take care, Karen. Um, have a, yeah, it's a uh... And have a wonderful night. You too. And thanks. Mom's dinner's good tonight. Yes. <laughs> I know. All of her delicious food. I love it. Really? But this this part, I, I just I really liked the use her speaking to him in Arabic. I just thought that was um I just made I felt like it made it extra it, it conveyed how how much she needed comforting and how 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 traumatized she really was. Exactly, and I, I liked the way she thanked him and also uh, wished him peace. Yes. In, in the, you know, we all you know like on Sundays, many of us who go to church will offer each other the sign of peace. I know the Episcopal Church and the Catholic Church does that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about the Lutheran, but you know, then there's a you know, when Jewish people greet each other, they will say shalom, which mm-hmm. is peace, and the way Muslims greet each other is you know, peace. Assalamu alaikum, right? Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. And so that you know that it all just all just fits in. How it does, and where all all these religions are. And, uh, you know, again, that's another theme that resonates throughout all SR's work. Um, He really does um, celebrate the diversity, but also remind us of our commonality of the human experience. Um, And I agree with you, Betty, uh, that Cassia did need someone who understood her religious beliefs to give her comfort. And I think she also saw that in uh, this Israeli uh, rescuer, and it, I just think it was a really, a, a, just a really meaningful scene, um, and the way he was also, uh, he recognized that she was pretty traumatized um, for many reasons, including the taking of a life, um, and you know, I think it's also this this horrible feeling of the fact that someone who she did love at one point, this her father, who she did have fond memories of mm-hmm. as a young child, um, could have turned into such a monster. Um, that has caused so much, so much uh, terror in the world. And so much pain. Yeah, and I think that also added to her pain. Um, because it reminded her of her, you know, the loss of someone that she loved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just, there's so many layers to SR's work and 
just this just demonstrates it. And it gets deeper and deeper every time he writes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And SC, I totally agree with you. SC Martin's Roach. I love that cultural and religious diversity is celebrated in his writing. It brings us all together. Yes. Betty agrees. Yes. Um, so does Kenzie. It's it's definitely that's one of the beautiful things about his work, um, and I think that's why we are drawn to it. Um, and you know, I re I remember um, emailing him when we were beginning this book. Mm-hmm. And talking about um, the, the you know the differences in faith and how similar they are, and about uh, also his race also about racism, whether it be you know religion against religion or or nationality to nationality or skin color or whatever it may be, and he he said that he purposely uh, put this book like this so that um, we could think about and ponder about how we could make our, make life better for other people and be more accepting with kindness and, and gratitude and everything. So and he gets very deep sometimes. I think that's I think that's why a lot of his readers are drawn to his work. You know, so, it's not just surface stuff. Not that I don't like a good story regardless, but you can have stories with, with varying themes um, and you can have uh, stories that have uh, complex messages as well. Um, and he's a great storyteller, but he definitely makes you think. I, I like to call him the great professor because mm-hmm. he does teach us. He's very didactic in his writing. Um, even write at writing a romance or you know, sharing this tale, you, you learn a lot through his work. So I'm excited uh, to finish the chapter next week. And, and uh, uh, we will definitely finish it then. And uh, hopefully we may have uh, in a couple weeks, we, we might have news and we may have some other special guests. So stay tuned for that. That's true. And uh, so we'll we'll uh, catch you all next week. Yes, and Betty said that's what makes his story so special. You don't just read a great novel; it also changes your perspective in life. And absolutely. So I'm going to leave you all inclusive, tonight intelligent, with a little yes. Miles Davis, and this is Casey Blues. I love it. So everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you next week.